Ben Katz here. We're going to do another podcast. Okay, we got some decent feedback. We'll get into that. But today's podcast is, I think what today's podcast is going to be is about job interviews and the hiring process. Because that's what I'm kind of doing right now. You know, I you know, I just listened to my first podcast on Min Cornelius trying to get a job. And we'll get into that. But, like, I just think the job process and just the interviewing is really cool. And I just want to give some, I wouldn't say tips, just things that I'm going through that, and like I said, I'm never an expert on anything, but just hearing other perspectives, I think, is really cool. So what I'm going through, and then on top of just some of the things that I've seen, just a little bit of advice, I guess, I'd give from my own spot. And then, again, any feedback at all from anybody would be awesome. And then at the end of the podcast, I think we're going to really – let's break down some of these Madden 20 ratings that just came out. I think some of them are pretty fucking ridiculous, but we'll get into that after the uh, job thing. So to kick things off, uh, right now, I'm just kind of – I'm looking for – you know, because I'm trying to get the NBA in the, in the spring. So I'm looking for a job where in Cornelius, starting in Charlotte, where I can, you know, get some good experience. And, you know, I have a mentor who told me, okay, what you need to do is get in a team environment and work on the skills that jobs that jobs are that job seekers are looking for that people lack. You know, and that's you know team building, chemistry, you know things I was talking about on my other podcast, but also just you know being able to be personable and work with other people. And I think I always touch on that because the biggest thing that I've seen is just kind of people that are in their own world and in their own space kind of deal. And then once you like, and you can always tell when someone doesn't really have a lot of awareness about like what they're doing and i think the biggest thing i've taken away from like so far my uh my expertise of living for 22 years is that everything you do whether it's positive or negative is going to have a consequence in some kind of way it's going to affect people in some kind of way so i think you know i took that advice to heart and just said okay let's go look for the best job that can get me that way but before that you know and i might be the only dumbass that does this but I think that, you know, my personality, I'm pretty compulsive. And if you know me, you know, that's absolutely really true. Um, and so when it comes to getting a job, you know, and this is the biggest thing that I think I've seen so far is just that there's a bunch of different jobs out there. I'm looking more into the marketing side because I like to, just, you know, I'm going to jump around a lot here, but I like marketing and you know, I like what goes into marketing and we can get to that later. But anyway, I think for me personally, I have this compulsive behavior where, Oh, I got, you know, ZipRecruiter where you can apply on your phone and you have your resume uploaded and all of this stuff. And you just start applying places. And I, a biggest thing I saw was just the companies that you apply and within like a day, they got some uh, girl or guy messaging you. I mean, I got texts too, like, hey, come on, let's have an interview. Let's do this really quickly. You know, and they're just trying to like speed the process. And it's like that kind of just raises some red flags to me kind of just – the fact that there's just not shitting on these jobs or anything like that because, you know, everyone's got to work in this and that. It's just these jobs where it's an instant hire and, you know, like one place is even sitting here like, oh, we can't wait a day to interview. Like, we're going to fill it and we're like, we can't wait a day. I'm like, okay, that's fine because it's like if, you're, if you can't wait a day for an interview, then that's kind of crazy. So it's kind of like it's instant hire thing where I just feel a lot of these companies, I just say beware, you know, if you're looking for a job, like maybe some of you are listening and you know, you are in school and you're like, you're looking for a job after, uh, I think I would say beware because what I've seen so far in my experience, you know, the short time I've been in the job market here, it's just that there's a lot of companies that just want to instantly hire, you know, college grads. And, you know, you don't, a lot of people know, you don't know better. You know, it's like you hear the salary, like maybe 40 to 50,000. You're like, oh, okay. Cause you know, maybe you're looking for your parents still, you know, save some money to, before you get your grant, like your feet in the ground and everything like that. 
And there's just so many companies that just want to eat you up really quickly and just hire you off the bat. And I think the biggest thing that I'm learning is don't take that first job offer. Unless like, you know, and everyone's different, unless you're like, you know what you're doing and you have a really specialized field or something like that and it's a really good opportunity. But just me personally, I think this biggest thing that I've been doing is just, which let me slow down and stop, you know, let me slow down a little bit, you know, I'm speaking with that, but it's getting exciting. But the biggest thing for me is just, oh, I want to take this offer. I want to take this offer. And then, you know, I end up having all these job interviews or places that like, I'm like, wait a minute, let me actually Google the company. And, and again, I'm the only like, fucking dumbass doing this, but I, maybe not. But I think a big thing, and I got this from my buddy too, Jonathan, you know, because he already has a really cool job lined up and everything like that. And he moved out to another state, you know, and he's enjoying what he's doing. But I just asked him, I was like, John, what did you like do for your whole interview process and this and that? Like, what were, like, what were your feelings? And, you know, John told me, he's like, listen, you know, I was nervous, but I think the biggest thing I did was I researched the company and then I just researched what they're about. What is their vision statement, mission statement? And I think that's really important, mission and vision statements, because companies that don't have those are normally companies, now I'm not going to say you don't want to work for, but creating a mission statement is just one of like in business, it's just one of the basic things you want to do. And like just to get the ground rolling, like, hey, where are we headed? Where do we want to go? And what is the statement we're going to leave where I read that as an employer or even as a, you know, someone wants to be a consumer? Am I buying into what you're saying, you know? So I think that was really cool to hear that because I was like, you know what? I need to do, I do need to take a step back and research these companies, you know? And so I'm over here like, you know, they have this option on ZipRecruiter, like one click apply. I hit that. And then it's already, you know, you send in your application within like 24 hours, like some girl like, hey, like, let's do an interview, let's do this and that. And it's like, ooh, like slow the fuck down. Let me actually Google the company, which I should have already done. And then you Google it and, you know, you see like Indeed and all those places have the reviews. And you see that in the end, like people are sitting here saying like, you know, in this, in my stance in particular, this marketing job is really just a sales job. And it's just kind of like door-to-door sales. And I'm not going to sit here and like shit on like a job like that. I'm just saying a big thing is find a job. And this is just my advice, I guess, just what I've learned so far. Find a job that just aligns with what you want to do. And, you know, I think I've been being, I've been told by a lot of people, Ben, you're not going to find something that's good that you're passionate about off the bat like that. That's crazy. And, you know, it is crazy to a degree. And I will say this, though. It sounds bad to say this, but... Depending, I mean, everyone's different, but like, honestly, unless you're in like a really specialized field or something like that, it's really not that hard to like go on ZipRecruiter or go on like, you know, job search and like send in your resume and honestly get a couple interviews. It's really not that tough to do that. Just being honest, like get to get interviews. So I think what I learned really, I've already learned really quickly is just that before you just start one click applying and stuff like that, actually Google what these companies are because, and again, I'm not going to shit on like, you know, a salesman or anything like that. Just... Me personally, I like, I'm a people's person. I like to talk to people. As you can tell, I'm over here talking to myself again, but on this podcast, but you know, just really find what, like what you interest you because, and again, I've learned it doesn't have to be what you're passionate about per se, especially if you're just trying to gain experience. But I promise you, if you're just going for that paycheck, going into it, you can always tell when someone's there for a paycheck. You can always tell because attitude is everything in body language. And I work with plenty of people where, and I, like, seriously, like, I, like, when I worked at Enterprise, like, when I interned there, like, last summer, week one, I met this guy, and, and like, everyone was like, oh, yeah, that guy's really cool, he really loves what he's doing in Enterprise, and I kind of read him from, like, week one, I was like, yeah, he's a really nice guy, but I can kind of tell, he, he kind of fucking hates his life here, like, no way, 
And sure enough, like two weeks later, he said, like, see ya, and fucking dipped and got a better job. And what he wanted, what he actually wanted to do and was passionate about. So I'm just saying, like, not everyone's going to pick up on that, but normally when someone's just there for the paycheck, you're going to be able to tell. And, you know, bottom line is, and again, everyone's different, specialized fields, this and that. It's not that hard to get an interview and to send out your application to a bunch of places. So me personally, I had this interview actually on Friday. And basically I go in and, you know, the guy's talking to me and it's, you know, he's, he's saying all the right things. And you know, he's like, our, our, our mission is this. I, I'm not, it, it was funny though. He's, he's like, I'm not big into sales. Like I, I'm a, I, th- I believe it's people to people business. And he was just saying a lot of things that I believe in, you know, like just his vision, like where he wants to go with the company. But then, the, but then, what, you know, it's it's a difference between what you're saying and what you're doing. And so then he's saying, hey, this is a this is not a sales job. This is like you're trying to grow and lead and be a leader, but you're commission based and you're going to be going door to door and basically your set your paycheck every week is off the commission. And again, I'm not going to shit on that because you know people have a passion for sales. They really do. I just I personally don't feel a drive to you know, be kind of like a salesman, you know, and I think a lot of that came from enterprise when I worked there and it was just like wordplay, you know, and I just, I believe in like, you know, just being transparent and being honest in what you're doing. And I'm not saying they're not doing that. I'm just saying, I saw a lot of people, you know, it was the word tracking. Oh, you should get this protection because this and that. And they word track really well and get their, like, get dog, oh, get your husband or wife on the phone. Let's ask them and this and that. And it was like, listen, at the end of the day, if you're trying to word track it, maybe you get that sale or whatever. But then guess what happens? A lot of, and I saw it plenty of times. They come back later. They, the person's confused why that purchase is on there. And then it just becomes a whole big ordeal. And it's like, listen, at the end of the day, I would have rather you just said no to my face. than I word tracked you. I got you. And then later you're like, oh, I'm, I didn't know that. And then it's a whole, because well, how would you know? I, I don't like that being done to me. And so I don't like doing it to other people. But essentially, you know, again, I'm not going to shit on commission sales. I just, that's just not who I am personally. But so it's like, I like what he was saying, but then it's not really a marketing job. It was kind of a six month program to do sales and then lead your own team. And then you make, and then you're leading people to sales, which is, it's a cool opportunity. And honestly, it looks like, you could, you know, I looked at the numbers, you could probably make a decent amount of money, but you know, I guess I am in a, in a very fortunate situation where I am you know, living at my mom so I can, you know, afford to make some different choices for myself. And so then I have this other marketing company I have an interview for that tomorrow, actually. And they're sitting here like, hey, we're actually talking, like, they actually had a vision and a mission statement on their website, you know, and they're talking about, you know, market, like marketing implementation. It's not actually sales, it's actually like branding yourself. And, you know, I just really bought into what it's like already, what they're trying, what they're talking about more than what I saw from the other interview. So I kind of just said, hey, like, you know, fuck that interview on Monday for them. I'm going to go with this other place and just put my chips there, you know. And while that's risky, I think you got to take risks. And especially when, like, you can get interviews, get the interviews you want to actually go to. And I know I'm kind of talking in circles here, but I think maybe some of you might take, like, take some, like, you know, take this into consideration, you know, just there isn't a, there actually is, like, a lot of decent amount of jobs out there, you know, depending on what you go for. And it's really, like, it's really worth going and looking, like, just like my friend Jonathan said, look, taking the, the extra time to look up what the company is, what it's about. And because I, I promise you, I've already looked at like a hundred applications, like, uh, like 80 of those hundred all say the same thing, but then you dig a little deeper and they actually are different, you know? Yeah. So 
I think that was really cool just to see all of that. But I think I'm already learning, you know, I, to me, I want to like do what I'm passionate about. And, you know, I'm a people's person. I love talking to myself. And so that's why I'm doing this podcast. But, you know, find your passion and try to, you know, you know, be a little risky and go for it. And maybe, and for me, I learned, okay, I can't go 100% what I'm passionate about. So let's try to like, you know, make some, you know, make some, uh, you know, some sacrifices and maybe it's not exactly what I'm passionate for, but, you know, take the advice my mentor gave me. Get yourself in a position where you're in a team, like, building thing. And I'll tell you what's funny is, like, you know, college, every, like, fucking business class at App State was just, you know, group project. And I, I, I promise you, every group project I've ever been in, and, like, I know everyone else will agree with this, every single group project, maybe except for one, one out of, like, a 20 group project I did in college, there's a motherfucker in that group. Like, there's a straight-up motherfucker. Doesn't do any work. Like, just, it's just, like, the, like, the weird kind of, like, I don't know I'm being off track with group projects in college with what come on now. Who doesn't like like who doesn't get fr- like frustrated by that? Because it's just the kids that are just it's so weird, it's like, okay, what were you gonna do if I didn't do any work either? Because it, it, it's those kind of kids where like like you're you're texting a group chat, they don't even reply, and then they reply like, Oh guys, okay, I can help you do this and it's always like it's always something. Like I had a group project last semester where every week we had like our group work was due on Tuesday. And I'm not even kidding, every single Tuesday, like around noon, and I was expecting it to, we get a text, hey, um, I'm going to like help my neighbor, hey, hey, actually, this and that. And it was every single week, right on the dot, noon to Tuesday, right when the work was done at you know, the end of the night. And at the end of the you know, the end of the year, it's just like, okay, like that's just pretty shitty. But you know, but I think the only thing I learned from group projects in college was uh, build your skills, honestly, because normally the, the work is pretty, like, normally pr- pretty, like, unproductive work, but, more, like, uh, hone on your skills and, like, kind of, like, learn to be, like, a little bit more of a leader in a sense of, like, I wish when I was in group, the group projects, you kind of, like, you know, it's awkward to say something, it really is, but just say, hey, you fucking piece of shit, like, do some work, like, you know, something just, like, along the lines of that, maybe not that harsh, but, like, seriously, I, I just feel like, take that advantage to like maybe like get your voice a little more because you're going to need it but anyway that was besides that's the first part of like the interview process just the basics of how i'm learning like hey there's a lot of jobs don't just apply to them all and then just have to line up all these interviews it's really i'd rather have three interviews over like 10 but those three interviews were with companies i had researched i agreed with their mission and their vision statements and I was genuinely more interested in because what may end up happening is you might take that job that's shittier because it pays more. And, and unless you're all in different spots, you might need that that job that pays more. But at the bottom line is do something that, that you're putting your foot forward, not putting your foot to the side. So I think in this situation, I'm expecting this job on Monday, the job interview. I'm expecting it to be a lower pay than the other job, but I'm willing to take that risk just because – I want to move forward and just me personally, I don't want to be cold calling door to door sales. I want to actually be branding and, you know, learning the basics of marketing, you know, stuff like that, which I mean, sales isn't marketing, but still, you know, like I just want to be more along the lines of the strategy and the branding and just that kind of environment over just like the door to door sales. Like don't buy this AT&T fiber optic. Listen, buddy, if you knock on my door trying to sell me AT&T fiber optic, I'm going to close the door and say, thank you. But I think the next part of this podcast should just be about, like, just the interview, you know? I think, 
the interview is like that's a really it, it's a really cool like honestly psychology kind of thing you know like you're super nervous you don't know what to say you know you're wearing some monkey suit like you have to wear a suit and tie which by the way companies that aren't like doing business like casual at least now I, like i don't understand you know like especially with enterprise like back in the day like last summer when it first started mm, boy they had people like suit uh, the first week i think i worked there i had to wear a suit and tie and like work like clean the cars and then also like deal face to face and from right then and there i just i always knew myself like there's this whole like persona this old school like gotta be suit and tie to look good you're selling yourself but you know what looks worse than a suit and tie a sweaty person in a suit and tie like if you're like and that's what was happening you know you're cleaning a car then you're out in the hot sun dealing with someone like i'm like dude get the like first off get the fuck off me like you're getting your sweat on me buddy all right but like i'm just saying like if you're like sitting there sweaty like i, I might honestly i might buy something from you just for you to get your sweaty self off me but anyway so just the, the whole job interview process it, it is kind of you know interesting because i personally do think that i do well in job interviews because i like to just be honest and i like to just you know kind of like do what i'm doing now you know just talk about what i want to like what where i want to go and just kind of hear out you know what's really going on because i think in the past i've kind of been nervous when i've gotten to a job interview just it's hard to say no on the spot you know not to a job like offer but because normally they're not offering you on the spot but like just know to like like the last interview i had the guy's like oh the hours are gonna be 11 to like 9 or 10 is it okay with you i was like yes but like really it's like holy fuck i didn't even think about that answer like uh no dude i don't want to be working 11 to 10 and then like no that does not work for me now and then you know and then it's like you know just that, that kind of nervousness of it's afraid to say, like he's over here asking you like like yeah you know i got several questions are you okay with this are you okay with this and i'm like half of them i wasn't but i'm still find myself like just saying yes because i don't want to like it, it is awkward to say no you know but I think a lot of things I've seen is I've talked to some people that have done interviews too. The big thing I've seen is just being nervous and kind of just, I think this whole kind of face, you know, just keeping face is a big thing. I think that a lot of people going to interviews, trying to keep face, smiling. Oh, you should always have a smile, but like have like smile on the face. Like, oh yes, 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 yes. Like just being, oh, like just being a yes man, honestly. I think I saw that at like the, uh, the college fair, you know, college fairs go to all the colleges and me personally, I find college fairs a little unproductive. I think that you're just gonna get a bunch of like a bunch of dudes and girls that are just in their suits and their dresses, all saying the same thing, like, oh thank you so much, and like just shaking, like eagerly smiling and all saying the same kind of stuff. And you know, once you get that job interview it might be different, but I just think a lot of the times, like, because people are gonna get picked over other people. And I mean just being honest, like uh, that's what I'm gonna be in this podcast. I got picked over someone else for a second interview for this last job on Friday. So someone didn't make that cut. And, you know, I just thought about, like, you know, why is that, you know? And I just remember, I just think back to what happened in my interview. And I was just open and I was just honest. You know, I just, I taught, you know, they gave you the floor to kind of explain your experience. And I think just kind of be, you know, be real a little bit, you know? It's kind of like, I think a lot of job interviews, they're going to ask you, hey, uh, you know, explain, you know, this job experience you had on your resume and how that helps, you know, because first off, I've seen that plenty of times already that people just have way too much on their resume, unless you're just super accomplished. Like my girlfriend has done so much stuff, so it's hard not to put it all on there, but not like dumping on her, of course not. She has a lot of stuff she's done. It's all worthy of putting on there, but I'm talking about the people that have like just way too much on their resume and stuff that's not important, you know, like 
I have, you know, I worked at Harris Cedar when I was like 15 or 14 as a cashier for a couple months. I'm not going to put that on my resume because at this point I've had enough jobs where that isn't significant enough to put on there. And it kind of just buys space. And I think people see like, you know, employers see that when you're just trying to buy space, but you know, use, you know, use stuff to your advantage though. The stuff that's on your resume, like, you know, I worked at the radio at, at App State. The, the, you know, have, you know, I said, I'll talk about work track earlier, but have your work track though, you know, like be able to explain what exactly, that's the biggest thing actually, you know, here we go, jump around again. The biggest thing that I think for your resume is like in two to three sentences, rehearse and practice what you gain from that. And, but like, I, the reason I say rehearse it is because like keep narrowing it down to like, keep it real, you know? Like, don't have some structure, like, I learned this, and I did that, and it was very, like, exciting for me. Like, no, I don't want to fucking hear that. I want to hear a quick two to three sentence, like, well, I don't want to hear, but, you know, employers may hear two quick two to three sentences, hey, this is what I gained. So, like, at the radio, I'm able to just say, hey, listen, I worked at the radio, and, you know, I was doing live shows, I was doing recorded shows, and I learned that the biggest thing I learned is, you know, communication and talking, like I'm doing right now. And, you know, the live shows, you can't mess up, you know, you just, because, and for me, if I mess up, I like to curse. I'm like, oh, fuck. But like, you can't do that on live, like, radio, apparently. Like, I've had some discussions about that. But, like, you know, so I just say really quickly, hey, like, I worked at the radio. That's on my resume. Not because it's this huge, significant job to me, but because it really did teach me, like, communicating and being able to broadcast my voice, you know, like I'm doing on a podcast right now. So, you know, that, that you know that's important to me, so I have it on there. But I think just the interviews itself – I just see a lot of people trying to keep face and just, you know, maybe they are the people that have 10 interviews and just keep going to each one and one until one of them hires them, you know? And I think just the best thing to do is to be transparent, to be open about what you want. And then I think something that I do, to, and I do it badly, like, and I've just said that, is don't be a yes man, you know? Like, don't just, everything they're saying, oh, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, cool, cool. Love and I go, fuck yeah, go, cool, cool. Like, no, I want to have a life. I don't want to first job I get be 60 hours and I'm not, and when I, when there is other options, you know, like, and I think that's a big thing. There are other options. So just, I just feel this kind of like nervousness sometimes. And this kind of like impulse to just say yes and do this or do that when I really shouldn't. So I think just with the interview process so far, it's just kind of like stay calm if you can, you know, people have different like anxieties, but stay calm, be open, you know, kind of relax and, you know, have, you know, find something in common. Like, and I think sports, that's why I, I like to talk about sports a lot is because there are so many people that follow sports that that interview I had on Friday, that helped me. Like, you know, I saw he had a Panthers poster on there. I'm a big Panthers fan. I talked about that, you know, for like a good, like five minutes of the interview, we were just talking about sports. And then, but that's where I get in though. I talk about sports and then I tie it all into, well, hey, at the end of the day though, hey, like I actually talked about that in the other podcast. So I thought I use that Celtics reference. I said, hey, like, that just kind of showed me the Celtics can be as talented as they are. You can have the most talent. That doesn't mean you're going to win because there's no chemistry. And then I tie it all in. And at the end of the day, the NBA, or like just like any professional sport, it's a business. So that all ties in. So just stuff like that, you know, being able to like to bring them in and just kind of drop the robotic stuff. You know, I see a lot of just like, you know, like uppity, rickety, like people like sitting like sales aboard, you know, like probably how a geologist would talk, but just, you know, I get, everyone's different, but I just think if like, just taking that right there, I think you'll do better. Like I, I personally do better just kind of dropping my edge, just being a little, like just being calm and try to like 
you know, just be yourself, you know, and if, like, and that's the true thing, being yourself, like, just being more comfortable, because, hey, if I go in there and I'm not myself, then maybe I get hired, and then it's gonna, you might have some differences, if you're yourself, and they don't give you that call back, honestly, you know, I've done that before, I've messaged them and just said, hey, like, can you guys give me any tips to why I didn't get the job, I'd love to know why, so I can improve, and, you know, it's embarrassing to send that, honestly, because I've had them just reply back the same, like, um, generate a message, we have decided to go to someone else, please don't, please don't reply to us again, like, okay, fuck you, but that's basically what I've just kind of learned already off the bat, just watch out for the jobs that are just eager to just snatch up the college grads, and, you know, just the interviewing, the whole interviewing process, just like my, my buddy John said, look into the companies you're interviewing with, look into their values, their mission statements, and look at the reviews, you know, you'd be surprised, like on Glassdoor, that's a website, there's like they have so many uh, companies on there that have reviews from actual employees and I, I like to dig through you know and just see and an important thing to me also is how does you know on Glassdoor a, an employee that worked there can you know make a review and there is an option for like the owner of the company or someone from the company to respond to it look at the responses because I saw a lot of companies respond to employees that like had some points to say and we're being professional saying hey like I didn't appreciate this or that and like Sometimes the president even was, like, commenting on the uh, thing saying, like, I don't know where this hostility is coming from, but, like, this is not true at all, and fuck your shit, like, basically, on the long, on the lines of that. And just to me, I don't want to be, like, I don't even want to get associated into a company like that. Like, I think it's important to, like, monitor what people are saying about you online, but if, like, your president even, like, is going on there, like, running his mouth like that, that doesn't, that doesn't look good, especially when the guy brought some big points about what you did, and then you come in there publicly shitting on him. So, and not just shitting on him, but just being rude. So, yeah, I think these are just some really big things. And honestly, if anyone's listening at this point, probably not. And that goes back to what my other friend said, JC. He said, my first podcast put him to sleep. So that's really nice to know. If people are using this to go to sleep, that's fucking cool. But if anyone's listening to this at, at this point, probably not. Like, throw in some suggestions, like, like what helps you and what have you seen and just your experiences in job interviews because, like, it, it, honestly, different perspectives are so crazy and there's only people that might listen to this that are really bad at interviews and get really nervous. That's helpful. And also people that are really good and just nail it every time. So just, you know, listening to other people speak about their experience is, like, pretty cool. And just, I think at the end of the day, the most important thing is just take that extra bit of time and like, I'm a, I'm a fucking dumbass. Don't be a fucking dumbass like me and just kind of jump ship or whatever you can do. Just take a little bit of time to figure out, okay, does this company work for me? What are they about, their mission, their vision? And do I buy into what they're trying to do? Because right off the bat, you can honestly tell a lot of times if you should even go to an interview and just say, hey, like, and if you, and if you, if, you know, if you make a mistake like me and you have an interview and then you look more into it and you're like, oh, shit, I don't want to work here at all. There's nothing wrong with just sending them a professional email back just saying, hey, I just, want, I just want to thank you very much for your time. I'd like to be, like, not considered anymore for this position. And just thank them for the time. That's all you got to do. But, you know, don't just not show up. But also, you know, there's a value and just don't show up. Like, don't go to an interview for a company, like, that you shouldn't be going to, you know? Don't waste your time. Don't waste their time. They're going to get someone to fill that spot. They always are. Don't let it be you if you shouldn't be there, you know? That's up to you. Now, that's enough for the job interviews. Let's get into the... Uh, this next part, let's see these Madden ratings. I'm going to do that for a couple minutes to end this podcast because I know I love to talk about sports, so I kind of wanted to just dive in because those got released a couple days ago. And just for the record, I just want to say that Madden might be the most, like, out of all the sports game, 
might be the shittiest one of them all. Like, just the mechanics are garbage. Like, I can't even, like, honestly, I might post some videos later of just the ridiculous things that happen. Like, you throw a ball, and it, like, just jumps into the air. And, like, you know that glitch where you throw it, and it hits off someone, just launches 20 feet in the air, just comes straight down for anyone to get it? You know, it just, it might, in my personal opinion, it might just be the shittiest game there is, like, sports game there is right now. But, anyway... Everyone likes to play, not everyone, but a lot of people like to like play Madden. So I just want to look at these ratings and kind of compare them to real life, like what I think kind of deal. So let's go through the 99 club that they put out. That's like, they only select like, what's in here? One, two, three, four. Four players made the 99 club. And I got I already got some questions about that one. So basically it starts off with Aaron Donald, you know, 99 overall. You know, okay, I agree with that one. That's like the most obvious one. Like this dude is, this dude's a beast. This dude off season is... Fighting dogs, right? Like, isn't he, like, fucking using sleeves and hitting dogs, like, having dogs hit him? And then he's also, like, oh, yeah. He doesn't have the sleeves, like, chopping down knives. I'm just saying, dude, when you when you look, when you ask, like, hey, why is this guy that good? This dude is fucking fighting knives, all right? Like, your best player on your team, if he's shitty, is he fighting knives? I don't think so. This guy's fighting knives on his offseason. That's probably why he's a 99. DeAndre Hopkins, 99. So they're putting him as the best wide receiver on the game. You know, I'm not. I don't have a problem with that. I think he probably has. Like, see, yes, thing is, it's it's tough. You know, like, and I'm trying to keep my bias out of this because I am a Panthers fan. So I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, like, fuck Julio Jones. Julio Jones is amazing. I think he. You know, that's tough. But I'd say DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver. I, I I'm okay with that. He definitely has just not just the bet like the best hands, but he just has an awareness. You know, like you saw like that clip last year. Where he, caught it behind his back with his, you know, arm backwards off someone's helmet or whatever. He just has an awareness that it's, like, it's like unteachable. That really is, like, you can work as hard as you can. That's unteachable awareness, where you just, you can put your hand back and get a ball like that, so I'm okay with that. Khalil Mack, 99. Uh, yeah, I don't really see a, I don't really see an issue with Khalil Mack being a 99. I know I still don't have some controversies here. I will with the quarterbacks, but Mack, I'm okay. I mean, he's... Like, you know, we all watched him play the Bears last season. He just takes over games to the point where he's, you know, he's getting three, he's forcing three turnovers himself in like a half. That's fucking crazy. So I'll take 99. Here's where I have an issue. Bobby Wagner is a 99, so they're putting him as the best middle linebacker in the game. Bullshit. And uh, here comes my Panthers bias. All the middle linebackers, I'm not saying Bobby Wagner's not a great player. He is not the best middle linebacker. Luke Keekley, and it, like, honestly, I don't even think it's that close. Luke Keekley is the best middle linebacker in the league, and that's not just because I'm a Panthers fan. Like, and it, it's crazy. If you go to the, the Panthers games and see it, this dude like, is calling your play on the line before the quarterbacks even say, you know, look at the interviews with the other uh, with quarterbacks. They'll say, like, Luke is calling your play out as you're trying to go. He just he just sees the field. And then also at the same time, you know, and I've seen it too where – you know, way down, you know, 40 yard pass completed, and who's fucking getting this guy? Luke Key, this dude is chasing you down 40 yards away, and you can just tell watching the game who wants it the most. And I know that sportscasters hate, like, some people hate saying that, oh, they just wanted it more. Yeah, and I get that, that is kind of bullshit sometimes. But when he's outrunning everyone on the field and making a tackle 40 yards down the field that honestly a corner or a safety should be making, you can just physically tell this guy is giving more than 100% every play. I think Luke Keekley is the best wide receiver, uh, middle linebacker in the game, but that's up to them. And then let's get, in, honestly, you know, there's a lot of you know, a lot of ratings here. Let's get into the, I think the biggest thing here, let's get into quarterbacks. 
That might be the biggest controversy for me. I think that they really like fucked that up. So let's pull that up really quick. Cause I, I'm really I'm really curious to see what we got here. Okay. Sorry, it's loading. But I think okay. So Mahomes is a 97. The, the, he's the top rated quarterback. No problem with that at all. The dude is a fucking rocket. Like I'm pretty sure this guy can throw the whole football field and and some. Like dude is fun to watch. Definitely in fantasy. That's something I'm. De- if I keep doing podcasts, that's definitely something I'm gonna get into. Cause uh, your boy is a four-time champ. In fantasy football, I just know the game, and uh, I got some good advice for fantasy football. But Mahomes, definitely going to put him on my fantasy team again. Uh, he, no problem with that, 97. Like, I think his speech should be a little higher. It's an 81. I, I'd like to see a little higher, but anyway. Mahomes, yep, yeah, that's perfectly fine. Here's where it already is a problem. Tom Brady, 96. What a bunch of bullshit, okay? And yes, I am, I'm a Tom Brady hater. Like, this guy is not a 96. They're putting him as the second over, overall quarterback. That's just not true. I mean, only, honestly, the only people that are going to disagree with me here are Patriots fans, and that's just a fact. Tom, like, I'm not saying he isn't one of the best to ever play, if not the best. You know, that's between him and Peyton. But he's not this 96 overall quarterback they have him at. It's like, yeah, I like his awareness is going to be 99. That's fine. But he is not like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like this, probably the worst Super Bowl. Not probably. The worst fucking Super Bowl I've ever watched in my entire life watching football. I've been watching some of the kid. Terrible. I don't. I got terrible. I think Tom Brady is still Tom Brady as uh, you know, great field quarterback. He's not making deep throws anymore. He's not making thirty yard throws anymore, honestly. And as you know, as Max Kellerman points out all the time on first take, he's one of the worst against the blitz, right? Like as of recently, his last two seasons. Tom Brady is not this elite quarterback that everyone kind of makes him out to be. He is an elite quarterback, but I'm not putting his talent at a 96. He's definitely in a system in New England. And, again, that doesn't take anything away from him, but he's not more talented than other quarterbacks that he's being put over right now. So I don't agree with that one. Phillip Rivers, yeah, no, that's – Phillip Rivers is the third overall, 94. That's not that's not accurate. I'm sorry. Phillip Rivers is a great quarterback, and I, honestly, I do like Phillip Rivers. Like, he came from NC State, so the repping 919. But, I mean, he like he can throw the ball, and he does have – I just think he makes a lot of mistakes sometimes, but he really does turn the ball over a lot this last season. He had a really good season, but if you look at his stats even before that, the dude's a turnover monster a lot, and I just don't I, – I can't see why – I can't really justify Phillip Rivers being put over someone like the next quarterback, Drew Brees. And this is coming from a – he's a 92. This is coming from a, a Panthers fan. Drew Brees, he, he's, a, he's fucking solid. Like, this guy – and that's what I'm talking about with him and Tom Brady. Drew Brees right now, you cannot sit here and tell me that Drew Brees is worse than Tom Brady. Drew Brees has, has more arm strength. I, I put him, I guess, less awareness maybe, but can just make plays that Brady can't make. Brady has literally three or four running backs, James White, Sonny Michelle. They lost some guys, but just so many smaller running backs that just do so many screens and catch so many balls. I don't even know what the stat is for how many balls the – Running backs caught for the Patriots, but still, that, that Tom Brady is just in a system that works for him. But Drew Brees has a hell of an arm. Honestly, makes throws that like I think Brady or Rivers can't make. So I just I, I again can't justify, especially when you look at the playoffs, how Rivers played and how Brees played. I can't justify Rivers being above Brees. But and then here might be the most overrated stat is Andrew Luck at 92. Andrew Luck is a good quarterback. But 
I'm sorry, you can't lose six to nothing at home against Jacksonville last season and say you're like a 92 quarterback. I'm sorry. Maybe that's just like, eh, people are gonna say it's bullshit. I don't know. I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. Andrew Luck, great arm, but like, I mean, geez, sometimes he just makes the worst decisions. Like, you just watch him play, and just sometimes the ball just comes out like really soft and just, you know, at times, you know, I don't think his awareness is, you know, that's the thing. They have a 96 awareness. I'm not the biggest fan of that. I don't think Andrew Luck is a 92 or should be a top four quarterback. I'm not buying into that, especially considering end of year stats are normally a decent over 10, 10 to 15 interceptions. I'm not a big fan of that. So we'll probably like keep going through this list until we get to Cam Newton, and then I'll finish that off. Then you have Russell Wilson, 91. I think Russell Wilson, like again, he's another guy I recommend in the NC State too. Nine one nine. 91, he should be over Andrew Luck. He should be right under Breeze. Russell Wilson just makes plays and honestly carries that team. That team's offense before you know getting uh, the running back uh, running backs they got last season. That like Russell Wilson carries that team on offense and just and you can just tell when a guy makes that he makes plays happen every single possession and they win games because of him. And he does it every single game. He does it like every single week. I think Russell Wilson has proven himself to be just I think an elite quarterback to be honest. And I don't really like him at under Andrew Luck, especially when you consider how much talent Andrew Luck has around him and how much talent Wilson has had around him. And Wilson has just been consistent, while Andrew Luck has been very inconsistent so far. So I'm not a fan of that. Rodgers getting shit on here, getting a 90. I'll say this about Aaron Rodgers. I think a lot of shit's coming out about him. I think, and I think if, if you really watch Aaron Rodgers uh, for the ball, I think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback that's ever played. And don't overreact to that, but there are just throws that he makes that I have not seen any other quarterback be able to do. Aaron Rodgers can put a ball over someone's shoulder into the out-of-bounds pinpointed to where they can drag their toe at will. He does it multiple times a game sometimes. And just if you sit and actually watch Aaron Rodgers play, he puts the ball where he wants it to go. And he is just he just makes throws that no I, – I honestly, all the quarterbacks I've ever watched – just not like everyone makes amazing throws, sure, but Aaron Rodgers does it at such a consistent pace that it's not just luck. I mean, everyone has luck. It's just pure skill. He he throws the ball places that no other player, like honestly, no other no other quarterback has ever done. And that's not really, you can argue with me if you want, but it's just true. He just puts it where he wants it. Matt Ryan at 89. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that the Falcons are so off and on. Uh, I don't really like. I'm, you know, I'm not a big fan of that. I think he still, he still throws for a lot of yards and, and you know, like 30, 30, 30, 35 touchdowns, maybe 40, you know, his MVP year. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really I, – yeah, I guess I'm okay with that. He is a good quarterback, but he, he just is too inconsistent, just like luck, for me to keep him at 89. I will say a cool story, though, is I did meet – actually in Boone, like I think a year ago, I met the stepson of – Arthur, uh, I can't remember his last name, to be honest, but the owner of the Falcons. And that was really cool to meet him. And I actually got to ask him, like, hey, like, what was going on when y'all, like, lost the Super Bowl? And he was just telling me how rough it was because, you know, they left their press. You know, this is the Arthur Banks area. Arthur Banks. This is his stepson. And he was just telling me how they left the whole press box and everything. You know, they were up 28 to 3, you know, midway through third. They left the press box, went on the field. And then just watched a fucking shit show. And just the worst, honestly, the, just the worst execution you'll ever see. I think it's fucking hilarious because I'm a Panthers fan. 
how fuck you, I mean, you can say, uh, here's the thing. Say what you want about how we lost the Super Bowl. You can't lose a Super Bowl any worse than that. Up 28 to 3, and you just blow it. Just absolutely blow it. And, you know, but anyway, that was really interesting to hear him speak about how they went on the field. And, you know, because that's like, that's pretty gutsy. Because normally, you know, in the front, like Arthur Banks is not coming on the field. That's just, I don't watch the Falcons play every week, but I don't think how often that actually happens where he brings his whole family on the field. So that was interesting to hear him say how, like, it was just horrible. And honestly, it was, they were just stunned. They didn't know what to say and do after they, like, you know, the final thing, you know, the final whistle and everything like that. It was just really crazy. And so that was really cool just to hear how, I mean, shitty that was. But, that, that, you know, that was a cool, you know, that's an experience I probably will never get. But still, that was interesting to actually to watch the game and then actually get, like, a face-to-face interaction with someone who was there. And they he just said that they were stunned. And they, they there was honestly, like, a loss for words, which... Honestly, I can see that. I don't know how you lose that badly. But lose like that, and then do not be speechless. All right, here's the last two. We'll read the cam. Big Ben at 85. Uh, I think I think Ben Rosselberger should probably be. I'm butchering that. He should probably be like an 87, 88. I think he still has a hell of an arm. Uh, let's try. I think they're trying. I think they might be putting some extracurriculers into this rating. I think he's, I mean, he threw for, what, like, the most yards and touchdowns in the last, like, four seasons last season. So, I'm not really sure why, you know, over 4,000. So, I'm not really sure why he's an 85. I don't agree with that. I think he should be a little higher. And then finishing off here, Cam Newton, 84. First off, 85 speed, that's bullshit. But second off, 84, Cam Newton, 86 tops. I think he, you know, that's an interesting thing about if you're a Panthers fan, you know how off and on Cam's been. He, you know, he had... Like this last season, the, the worst season I've seen in a long time from the Panthers. How do you, I don't know how you start off five and two, and then just and then just I think they like oh my gosh they finished with seven wins so you know that that just that was the one of the worst collapses of a team over a, a, a period of time to ever watch. You know and a lot goes on to, you know a lot of get, gets put on Cam for the shoulder injury which they say he you know got during the Steelers game they went five and two. I, you know, I mean, I saw that, but at the same time, there were so many different pieces. The defense was just started off hot and then just slowed down. That's where the age came in. The defense just let up so much. And it, I think it just got to a point where the defense was, like, giving up a lot. Because, you know, there's a lot of young guys on there last season. And then you had the offense out there too much, and Cam was clearly hurting. But Cam Newton, when he's at his peak, he's an MVP caliber player. But, you know, this is going to be an interesting season because – Honestly, I'd rather him sit out another year if it means, like, a fully healthy shoulder. Because I'm getting a little tired of this back and forth. Like, oh, he's healthy. Oh, no, he got hit. Now his shoulders hurt, you know. they they got to figure that out because you have an MVP player who needs to just sit tight until he's healthy to where he can play back that. Because I think when Cam makes throws that, like, you can see when his shoulder's bothering him, Cam really is kind of a really kind of emotional guy. And I think you're going to see on the field – when a, a pass goes away from him and you can tell it's his shoulder, you know, he lets it affect the rest of the game kind of deal. He'll put his head down. And I think, you know, it's, so it, it's you know, it's counter opposites. When it's doing bad, when he's doing bad, he'll put his head down. But when he's doing good, he's going to be in your face in a Superman celebration. So I like that. 84, I think it should be an 86. But, you know, this just goes down the list. I think really quick, I guess I'll just give two, like, questionable ratings. Derek Carden, 80. That's the worst rating on the game, I think. If you watched him play last season, the dude should have been yanked, like, halfway through the season. The whole rest of the season, he pretty much played just to not turn the ball over and still was throwing interceptions. 
Like, if you just watched Oakland play last season, like, it, it was getting ugly. There was games where they just, like, they should have pulled them. You know, I don't think Gruden wants them there. But anyway, they just, like, if you watch them actually play, he played the rest of the season just, just going for not to get picked off. Like, he played it safe. Like, he would just take five-yard dump-offs over, like, just putting a little pressure on himself. So that's a really bad reading. Andy Dalton, AD, I don't like that. And then I'll say Lamar Jackson, the 69 awareness, kind of funny. But 94 speed's pretty cool. And then last rating I'll say, here we go, I keep saying that. But last re- last rating I'll say is Trubisky at 75. Mm. That is not the rating you want to see as the number two overall pick that the Bears can have got. You know, he's either going to work this offseason. And, and the, I, the, I think you can always tell who's working and who's not. So we'll see if he has a bounce back season. I don't think he's over 75, maybe like a 77, 78. But this just comes back to, all right, are we going to see this guy? You know, you have a lot of expectations and you know, revenue and see. But are you going to come in and play better or about the same? And if it's the same, that's just the kind of formation you don't want to go into. But that will be the end of the podcast. I would love any feedback anyone has to give me, especially, I mean, especially if someone wants to give me any. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone's listening anymore, but anyway, I appreciate you guys listening if you are. I'd love any feedback at all, and I'll see you guys hopefully next week. If you guys give me any suggestions, and I'll bring it up.